Hey, Connor. Hey, Andrew. Well, so I want to talk about something to start this episode that I think is like the greatest unanswered question that appears in the movies. The greatest unanswered question? Yes. Do tell. I'm going to read a little scene from you. This is from our favorite movie. Oh, crap. This is from uh, Attack of the Clones. Okay. I'm sorry, an army? Yes, a clone army. And I must say, one of the finest we've ever created. Ooh. So, (laughs) all right, let me guess. Are you asking what other armies they might have created? Exactly. Mm. You know what? That's interesting. I mean, that honestly kind of goes back into, you know, us talking about um, Plagueis. Like, when we were talking about the book, um, I mean, it's already made evident that, like, he does business with the uh, Kaminoans on a regular basis. Plagueis is the connection to the Kaminoans. Exactly. Kaminoans. Kaminoans. However you, you know, choose to see the world through that light or whatever, you know. Uh, But ultimately, it could be that, like, you know, he did create, uh, you know, guards for certain clients and stuff like that you know i I think there was a species that he was particularly fond of that was like these are good working class species you know Mm -hmm. you can replicate them and own them if you want and all that kind of stuff and yeah just kind of add to it yeah and there was like the one species that he wanted to make the clone army like the grand army out of yeah because they were like force resistant resistant. or something Mm -hmm. but then he decided that actually wasn't a good idea and that he needed dumb client Basically, uh, so he chose humans instead. Well, yeah, they're much more malleable. Yeah, but there's some, there's, there's just something about like, okay, you're saying this is one of the finest, one of the finest, and like this is a million man army of like a one of the galaxy's greatest bounty hunters to ever live at the time, at the time. <laughs> and you mean to tell me it's only one of the best? Well, that's just it. Yeah, I mean, they didn't ask for the best of the best of the best. I mean, you get what you pay for, I guess. It is ultimately what they're getting at. Well, yes. Either that or they're just boasting. And, you know what I mean? And the template just breaks down over time, as we well know. Yeah, some some way, somehow, we figure that out. Yes. And that's how we get, uh, you know, good old clones like, uh, what was it, Trooper 99? Trooper 99. My man. And the completely inaccurate troopers on the Death Star. Basically, yeah, all the remnant, if you will. That's always... I mean, I actually do buy that as a theory. That, like, the ones on the Death Star were, like, the last batch? Yes. It would would make some sense. I mean, it's already kind of been speculated that, like, the clone troopers, uh, you know, went from wearing the clone trooper armor into the stormtrooper armor basically overnight. Mm -hmm. Like, in the transition, I mean, like that. I mean, some clones still hung around the time, you know, they were still protecting Palpatine, you know, in between those times, too. Like, they were some of the Red Guards were old troopers. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think the, um, one of the things that I saw is like the reason why they stopped wearing the, like the clone trooper helmets is because like the fin Mm -hmm. was like a tribute to the Kaminoans. Ah. But then apparently, and I think this is a legend story now, but like the Kaminoans like eventually turn on the empire yes and they try to like stage a kind of counterinsurgency a rebellion if you will a rebellion if you will (laughs) no no, well that's i mean isn't that just the uh i mean that's the the 501st journal right there from the old battlefront 2 right yeah it's just like that they have an uprising but apparently we had this bounty hunter who had you know intel on how the kaminoans worked it turned out to be boba fett so that was fun 
Yes. Uh, you know what else is fun is Utapute, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name is Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even freaking related to Star Wars, in which today we're going to be talking D23. All the Star Wars stuff, none of the Marvel stuff, because, you know, we'll save that for another episode There's if we choose to. There's way too much. There's way too much. <laughs> and honestly, we're going to focus on a few of the bigger items. Do you want to talk about the uh, Lizzie McGuire reboot? Yeah, seriously. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I, I don't even know what I'm more excited for at this point. Oh, my God. You want to talk about good trailers? Freaking Lady in the Tramp mm-hmm. made me cry. I'm telling you what. It was, like, too much. Like, <laughs> I, I, Emily and I have this thing where, like, we can't watch... Like, you know, there's always, like, this... So many dog movies every year. Right, yeah. And, like, as soon as we see the trailer for them, and it seems like they always play, like, during football or hockey season Ah. or whatever, and we're like, okay, we have to change the channel for now. Well, it's just you expect to hear (laughs) in the heart of the angel. Like, right behind it, it's like, get out of here, Sarah McLaughlin. Yeah. Come on. Uh, But, yeah, man, I'm telling you what, like, besides all that, you know, obviously, you know, with D23, it's a big celebration for, I think we were talking about this last time, a lot of shareholders and everything for Disney, as well Mm -hmm. as just, like, you know, the super fans and whatnot. But, I mean, you know, inevitably, whatever they, you know, announce at D23 will get out into the public, and it came out in a big way. Yeah. So, over the weekend, we had a lot of big announcements, and today we're going to go over it. Uh, just to kind of give you a lay down, we're going to have two smaller announcements we're going to try and, you know, dive into just a wee bit. And then we're going to end the show with the two bigger announcements and the two trailers we're going to kind of dissect and kind of go over that. So, yeah. Yeah, so when I we guess, get... To, oh, go ahead. Well, go ahead. Uh, well, okay. I'll go. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess the premise is like these first two stories, and we'll reiterate this when we get there. Mm-hmm. But it's like these first two stories is really nothing like spoilery about it. Yeah. But once we get into talking about... Uh, Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker, you know, we're not, as we've said many a time, like we don't purposely try to spoil anything, especially for ourselves, but we're just going to totally geek out on it. Yes. And if we end up being right, we are to be held blameless for yes. that. <laughs> this is our statement to say it is not our fault. We basically were just like, wouldn't it be cool if, you know, and that's exactly it. Yeah. So if we're right, great, I guess, because I'd be feel really bad if I was right. And like, I don't know, because I'm one of those people who likes having their expectations, you know... uh, Subverted. Subverted, yes. Or surpassed, for that matter. You know, like, take what I want and make it better. Well, that's... You know? I mean, this is a point that we'll certainly get into again before uh, before Rise of Skywalker. But, like, to me, that's partially just why I love Last Jedi. It's just... It's not (laughs) the movie that I expected it was going to be. Well, I I can agree with that. And honestly, you know, like I said, with the... uh, in addition to everything else going on, uh, starting next week, we're actually going to be starting our movie reviews, our individual yes. movie reviews, leading up to the release of Rise of Skywalker and whatnot. Yes. And I'm sure that once we actually get to The Last Jedi, we shall get into that part of it. But before we go into anything else, before we start any kind of news, I wasn't sure what you were going to bring up for the cold open idea, so I wanted to show you what I had, because okay. I just want to see what, your, what kind of fun you can have with it. Uh, please tell me what you see on my phone as soon as this person stops calling me. Here you go. What is that? I see Jedi Knight 2, Jedi Outcast, and Jedi Knight Jedi Academy coming to Nintendo Switch. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, man. (laughs) And, uh, I mean, it'll also be coming to, uh, uh, what the heck, uh, PlayStation 4 as well. Nice. But I think, uh, let's see here. Starting September 24th, uh... It'll uh, they, like it'll, they'll have the first two, and then they're gonna have 
the rest of it coming in 2020. I mean, essentially, it's just a cool little thing. I'll send you the link. But I thought it would be cool to announce to everybody that, like, yeah, these old games that a lot of people kind of hold up. It's not KOTOR or anything like that. Right. But it's still, I've heard great things about this. And this is Kyle Katarn, I believe, yes, right? This is this is the Katarniverse. Yes. So, I mean, anyone who's a fan of the old Legends kind of continuity and, like, all the fun that came out of it, check it out. This is yeah. coming out, man. Yeah, that's going to be awesome, actually. I, I Like... I will say, I mean, as much as I love KOTOR, and this is something that we've talked about here, we've talked about it on Games and Ad as well. I've talked about it on Games oh, and Ad Oh, of course, well. yeah. Um, which, check them out. They're back this week. Oh, heck yeah, man. They started up again. Check them out. Uh, but the, you know, the challenge that I see with KOTOR is that the controls are very much like a very clunky action RPG from the early 2000s, and I don't know how you would port that onto a console or anything like that. Right. So I'm glad it's a game like this where it's, you can kind of have more simplistic control. Yeah, and I mean, when it comes to, you know, the overall layout on a controller, I'm sure it's just that much easier to go in and, you know, put up, you know, whatever instructions you need, like in the early on in the game and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. I'm definitely going to try it out because I've only heard about this game. I've never had the opportunity to try it. So what the heck? Yeah. You know. We were talking about that. Uh, I guess Spyro is now available on Switch too. Yeah, yeah. It, is, it's like a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know why it's available on Switch, <laughs> I but mean, it's cool that it is. Yeah, I mean, I think they did the same thing with Crash. Like, Crash originally came to, That's uh, true. I you think know. They, yeah, they eventually ported it to everything. Exactly. Like, mm-hmm. Switch is getting everything, man. Yeah. I'm telling you what. But you know what? Let's save that for the games in that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Let these guys talk about it. Let's talk about a hotel. But, yes. <laughs> exactly. Perfect, Perfect segue. segue. <laughs> All right, so yes, uh, I am I am quite literally talking about a hotel that is coming to uh, Disney. Uh, it is called the Star Wars Galaxy Edge Galactic Star Cruiser Hotel, and it sounds exactly like it is. It is going to be a Star Cruiser kind of experience. Uh, I mean, the best way to really explain it is you're going to be going into this hotel. There's going to be no windows whatsoever, and once you're in this hotel, it's going to feel like you're in space. Yes. And you're never going to leave unless you're going into the park itself. Right. So it's it's already a cool aspect in itself. So I mean, let's just kind of lay it down a little bit from the beginning. So once you actually enter this hotel, like I was saying before, the idea is you're boarding a spaceship. Yes. Or, I mean, in this case, like imagine it's just a cruise ship, but it's, you know, it's a spaceship. It's going to go up into space. And the idea is that when you go into your rooms, you look at any kind of bay windows or anything like that. You're not going to see the parking lot. You're not going to see the pool. You're just going to see stars. You're going to see, you're going to see space. <laughs> you're going to see you know systems and galaxies all over the place. It's going to be really interesting. And not to mention that when you actually want to go to the park itself, um, which will be connected more or less, you get into a shuttle in the docking port, which is all enclosed. Right. And once you're in the shuttle, uh, that has no windows whatsoever, and that's going to quote unquote hit light speed until you actually arrive in the park yes. and thus you'll be offloaded uh, onto Batu. Yes. You'll never leave you know, this world. This is a total immersion that they this promised right from the West beginning. World. Yes, yes. I mean we talked about this a while ago. Yeah. You know, I mean, and they, I probably referred to it the same way. I think you did. <laughs> so I mean let's talk a little more about like all the different little activities that they're gonna have for it. Yeah. So uh first of all the ship uh, the you know this dark cruiser, if you will, it's going to be called the Halcyon. Halcyon? Yeah. yeah. I, I wasn't sure exactly how to spell it, or we don't pronounce it rather. No, you're good. But uh, you should be you be able to uh, 
book uh, like a two or three night stay, and the way it goes from there is you know it's it, it you're imagine like you would uh, you know if you've ever been on a cruise uh, you know it everything's all included you know you have meals and everything sent to your room I'm sure they're gonna have a restaurants and whatnot um, it's it's all about interactive you know just fun like you're gonna be able to interact with Ray and Chewbacca and some of the first order stormtroopers and everything like that maybe even Kylo Ren. Uh, and then they're also going to have a bunch of interactive activities for everyone where like, I guess they were saying that there's like, there's actually parts of this hotel where you can go and hide and have secret meetings, which is kind of, it's kind of weird, you know? Yeah. yeah we're <laughs> uncovering secret well, yeah. things. I mean, it's just secret plots. Yeah. Like the idea that they had behind this is they want everyone to have their own adventure. They want everyone to tell their own story. And I guess, I mean, if you really get down to it, that's kind of the beauty of Star Wars in itself is... You know, and we always say this before, someone can chip a nail and there's a novel about it. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) whatever. Which can be both a blessing and a curse. Right. Yeah. Sometimes it's like the most amazing story you've ever heard. Otherwise, it's like, why? Why did you why did you do this? Right. So but I mean, other than that, I mean, you know, you have everything else. There's going to be, you know, uh, different kinds of workshops. Looks like you can have some like Jedi training. Yeah. Um, You know, but go ahead. I don't know uh, what yeah. you're saying. So there's also some like concept art that's included, and, mm-hmm. and as you say in the first picture, it, it appears to be like a like a teenage girl or somebody. She's uh, playing. It looks like she's practicing her Jedi skills with like a training probe thing, like in uh, uh, like in, in New, New Hope. Hope. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then the next shot down uh, kind of looks like a big commons area, and we see simultaneously like Chewbacca carrying something with and, kids surrounding him. Yeah, just surrounded by children. <laughs> um, and then, but there's also like some First Order troops in the background that seem to be looking for spies or it's like, what's w- going on over there. Whatever the case may be, it's ridiculous. It's well, like a droid uh, that looks to be carrying food, which. According to Attack of the Clones, is a big no-no. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, no. It's also the fact that like you know they they want to make this like fully autonomous too. Yeah. So I think that the idea is they're gonna have like working droids. Of, yeah. Just yeah, I agree. Roaming around. Uh huh. Well, hold on. When you actually yeah. went to Galaxy's Edge, did you see a lot of that? Like, were there roaming droids, or was it too early on? I think it was too early. Mm-hmm. I mean, nothing right then and there. I mean, they had the the full fully functioning R2 unit mm-hmm. that you can buy yeah. for $25,000. Right. I have to just pull that out of my pocket. <laughs> right. Um, and then uh, I think I described the area where they had like the pod racer engine. Yeah. yeah um, and there was like a droid that would talk to you, but it wasn't, it wasn't f- actually like an autonomous droid. It was just like a right. prop basically. Well, I mean, I'm sure they'll get there. I mean, I, you know, you go to comic cons and stuff like that. You see tons of people who make their own, like, R2-D2 or BB-8 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it, it's just as simple as that. But I'm sure they'll have that for this, and, you know, it'll just be something that happens. you see them walking around like it's right. normal. Yeah, I mean, I could definitely <laughs> see there being cast members dressing up as droids. And even in this concept of art, you can also see, in addition to that, you can see, a, like, a Bith band member in the background. Right. Um, and there, there is, like, an astromech back there as well. Um so there'll be a lot of costumed characters walking around. Right. And, and then the like the premise here, I think, and, and this is a big sticking point, is that when Galaxy's Edge first opened, they did not allow especially any adults to dress in cosplay. Mm-hmm. Um, they kind of said, you know, no to that. But they did promise that eventually you would be able to. Yes. And I believe part of staying at the in like the Halcyon 
is that you are given a full wardrobe of Star Wars clothes. That, yeah, so that'll actually that'll figure into the price and everything like that. Because I, I had heard that you're going to get like tunics or jumpsuits or something like that, depending on what you want. I'm sure you can choose. Yeah. But yeah, the idea is to fully immerse yourself to the point where you just look and act the part, basically. Yeah. And so, the, I mean, the image you have up now, it kind of looks like a, a command bridge. Yeah, it looks I'd like say. it's the bridge of the ship, if you will. Yeah. It looks like there's like a battle going on outside, which, I mean, if they go that far, that would be crazy. If it's a battle or even something like, you want to do some target practice on these asteroids or yeah. something, like, I think that'd be pretty rad. That would be really awesome. You know, and yeah. it, it seems like it's a perfect open environment. It seems like there'd be plenty of space for tons of, like, little kids to run around and enjoy themselves. And adults, too. You know, I mean, let's not let's not really forget who's going to be paying for most of this. Oh, you know what I yeah. mean? We'll get into that in a moment. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But like this image is cool. Like it looks like, so there's this family kind of in the foreground and mm-hmm. like the, the one like adult male is kind of dressed in smuggler attire. Yeah. Kind almost of has like, a little bit of a Han vibe going on. For sure. It's got almost like the same jacket on and everything yeah. like that. Did you see the little twillick lady? Yeah. Like, there's maybe? a little twillick girl with him. <laughs> uh, like his, I mean, his wife, I can't really place, assuming it's his wife, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, and then there's, like, a, a boy with, like, a, it's, like, Obi-Wan's robes, like, with the hood. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another guy in the background. I mean, there, there's, like, another father and son, and the son is distinctively wearing, like, Han's <laughs> vest. Yeah. He's um, totally immersed in it. The dad's yeah, dressed the other, like a Jedi. Yeah, the dad is dressed kind of like an Anakin's kind of tunic. Mm-hmm. Well, even to that, like you know, like I said, there's star maps and everything can go off them too, and so I'm sure. Now, this is the most interesting. It's the actual room you'll stay in. Right. Uh, so the way they have it represented is they have two kids in here, like the one little girl. She's holding a little porg doll. Love that. Yeah. But so there's no windows. Like I said, like I said at the start of this, there's it's, no windows yeah. whatsoever. It's all screens. Yes. You know, the idea is project like, oh yeah, you know, there's a window and all you can see is just stars and passing, you know, hyperspace or something like that. And I'm sure there's going to be an option, like, when you're in said room where you can change what you could see outside. Maybe you can even choose the system you're in or something like that. Like, you know, yeah. maybe you're in an asteroid belt or something like yeah. that. Maybe it's just clear space. Maybe yeah. it's hyperspace. Hyperspace, yeah. So. I, but, I agree with that. Like, that was, um, I mean, that's something that you experience when you're in Universal, like, Wizarding World of Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. If you take the Hogwarts Express. Yes, yeah. Uh, it's like. You know, the outside window is actually a screen. But it looks like you're passing through, like, rural London or yeah. something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Well, rural England. Sorry. London is not very rural. rural. at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Royal UK. Let's put it that way. Rural. Uh, no, yeah. You know what I mean. But, yeah. I mean, in all honesty, like I said, I love the concept of it. And, like, the, the, the beds themselves... I almost space cabiny. Yeah, I was gonna say as much. Like, you better hope that you know you you fit a certain height requirement. Yeah, like I, I mean, I would hope that. I don't see a lot of basketball stars staying here. Yeah, no, I mean, I would hope that you know at least if you are uh, parents, like there's an <laughs> option for not bunk beds. Yeah, and like you can still get like a you know just your normal regular king size bed, queen size bed, whatever the case may yeah, be. Yeah, I mean, I. I it's still it's just a cool concept and like it's just kind of tucked into a corner yeah. so it adds I mean to if that I was motif. a child I would be so stoked oh, of course <laughs> yeah why not I mean I, and that's exactly what they're going for but honestly like let's get to the root of everything what's it gonna cost <laughs> well they haven't officially announced the cost yet which right. tells you that they're still at least in part that they're still figuring that out for sure they're like right uh, but the rumors suggest that it could be 
you know, $1,400, $1,500 per person. Per person. Per stay. So oh. that would include the, you know, so that's like both nights that you're staying or mm-hmm. all, you know, whatever, all three nights or whatever. Yes. Um, and, you know, I guess the whole point is that it is supposed to be like a cruise where it's kind of like... All-inclusive. You, yeah, you. it's all-inclusive. I'm assuming the food would be baked into that. Yeah. Food, uh, drink. I mean, they're throwing in the clothes. They might as well do that, too. Exactly. You know? So... So, I mean, that might kind of make it make a little bit more sense, but chances are also that, like, if you're staying there, you're still going to end up then needing a couple more days. Yeah. And you're going to go stay somewhere else. So, I mean, it's Disney is expensive. <laughs> don't, oh, don't get yeah. me wrong. <laughs> Look, it, it, they always say you got to go once, and that's exactly right. You can only go once. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, unless you're able to work out some, you know, some special deals here and there, like it's it's not something you go to every year. You right. know, it, it, yeah, not for the typical the, you know I mean, park goer. Yeah, <laughs> or you do, and like, I mean, there's people that go twice a year, but yeah, that's neither here nor there. Oh um, yeah, it was our. Uh, and I'm not. I'm not even talking about myself. I was to say our like, outside source. Yeah. <laughs> field reporter. Our field reporter doesn't have Trust a name. Me, I won't be back until. Like, my son is old enough to go. Yeah. Is it old <laughs> so, enough to talk. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Maybe. Well, I mean, I think the it's like, so the reason why we went back in February was my niece turned five. Yeah, it was a good little. And like, I think that's the right age. Mm-hmm. I was like probably six the first time I went. Yeah, probably the so same. So I reckon that it will be around that time frame before no. I ever go back. Yeah, as long as they're like, they're old enough so they can understand what's going on and not be too scared. I mean, I know personally, like when I first time I went to Disney World, like I think they still had the uh, the 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 one like water ride where like it ended in a briar patch. There was like a bunch of like spiny splash thorns. Mountain, yeah. Was it Splash Mountain? Yeah. I was terrified of that because uh-huh. I kept thinking like, why are you guys excited? We're gonna get impaled on these thorns. <laughs> yeah. You know, like me being six or whatever. I'm like, this is so terrible. But it turned out to be really fun. That's all I'm saying. It's like you yeah. got to kind of get that in your head if you're a little kid and everything. But mm-hmm. who knows? But yeah, so check out some details. Uh, there's some articles and some videos going around right now with these images that we were just talking about. And, you know, keep an eye out for some more. I'm sure, when, you know, when we get more details, we'll talk a little more about it because I'm really interested to see how it plays out. I mean, if there's someone who goes the full thing like I stayed two nights and here's my results. Like I would totally read or watch whatever yeah, they put out, for sure. you know, just to see what the big deal is uh but to move on from that we don't really have to stay on the subject too long because i think we've talked tons well how about this go ahead before we do that uh before we jump into the the bigger d23 news Mm -hmm. i like kind of how underserved cassian was right like there was like one picture of uh diego luna and alan tudyk sitting together like Back together, yeah, and, and it, that was it. They, they had, there was like, so I don't even remember them being a part of the panels. No, I don't. I mean, I don't think they were like, uh, which is like, it's kind of sad, you <laughs> yeah. know. They want well. First of all, I'm, I'm excited that it is Alan Tudyk coming back as well. Yeah. So I mean, they have the two core bo- like people that you really yeah. liked from the movie, but yeah, you're right. Like when it came to them showing the ultimate timeline for everything. It was just kind of sandwiched there, and it's like, come right. on. Yeah, and they just kind of tossed it up real briefly <laughs> and didn't really dwell on it, didn't give any major updates about it. It's crazy. Not not the way that they did with these next three items. Right. Well, I mean, that's just it. I, I mean, everyone knew this was already happening so much, and there was just not that many details to go off of in the first place. Right. 
But they uh, they finished out their presentation with like one more big announcement. They said, you know, after everything had come and gone, and one more thing, and one more thing. That's exactly the old what Steve Jobs, <laughs> and that's what Kathleen Kennedy said. And she got we we got one more person to come and bring out. So please help me welcome. Ewan McGregor and freaking Ewan comes out and gives them a wave and all of a sudden he's like you know people have been asking you know are you gonna do a Kenobi series or whatever and Ewan's just like yes like basically yeah and <laughs> it killed me it broke my heart <laughs> yeah first of all Did, I yeah no hello there no. no hello there it's like like or you said it even better that's why I'm here like uh-huh. I love the like. The, the memer in me, like yeah. it, it just wanted it to happen, you know. So I don't know. Ewan McGregor at this point, he might be too old for the memes. Maybe he but might it's... not have like been connected that way. Or maybe if he just did a flip when it came out and just went another happy landing, you know, or something, <laughs> right? You know, just anything, bro. Or just, but still, yeah. I so... mean, nonetheless, the important takeaway is we're getting <laughs> an Obi Wan Kenobi series. Right. On Disney Plus. Be as disappointed as you want with the presentation, but yeah. <laughs> it's still exciting. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, at Disney's D23 Expo, McGregor confirmed that he'll be reprising his role as Obi-Wan Kenobi in a Disney Plus series. The scripts for the yet untitled Obi-Wan series are all finished, and the series will begin shooting in 2020. So that shows how much confidence they already had in it. Mm-hmm. Um, the Obi-Wan series will be added to the chronological timeline of the Star Wars universe, showing it takes place right in the midst of Solo, a Star Wars story. Right. That uh, This could mean that the series could see Obi-Wan coming face-to-face with its old enemy, Darth Maul, since we all know the villain resurfaces in Solo. And it makes perfect sense. It certainly does. Well, so, all right, we already know that, like, you know, Obi-Wan and... Darth Maul, you know, they they constantly had a back and forth through the Clone Wars and stuff like that. And that's honestly what a lot of people wanted. Uh-huh. Like, I don't know if you ever heard, like, a lot of, like, the fan theories about, like, if Darth Maul would have stayed around. Because, like, I like this idea that someone brought up being, like, okay, imagine this, you know, the first, you know, the final battle at the end of... Uh, Phantom Menace went differently. Instead of him getting, you know, chopped in half and falling down the chute, imagine he gets away. Maybe imagine he runs away, or like you know, even gets a scar like Kylo does. Right? Mm-hmm. Keep him as the main antagonist for the next two films. You know, you wouldn't have needed a Dooku. Uh, you know, it could have held held on to the whole premise of you know Darth Maul and Darth Sidious having a falling out or something like that. And eventually, you would have that you know that mortal enemy. That Obi Wan would, you know, inevitably go to defeat and everything like that, well, which they, yeah. <laughs> they did afterwards. No, yeah, for sure. They they kind of fix it, obviously, with like the Clone Wars, mm-hmm. uh, etc. But I think, by and large, a lot of people don't know the Clone Wars or Rebels for that matter, or Rebels for for that matter. Spoilers. And, yeah, that's what I was trying to fair. avoid it, but yeah. Um, but the. Uh, but I agree with that. I mean, there have been a, a number of, of good articles that kind of point out that, you know, one of the best thing, like, you know, most compelling elements of the original trilogy is just that through line of having Vader as a big bad throughout all three movies. Exactly. Even though we kind of learned that ultimately his evil is surpassed by the Emperor. Palpatine, uh, all that. Yeah. Right. Um, and obviously the, the kind of the final duel actually comes down to Vader versus the Emperor. Yes. And like, what if, but it's kind of like, okay, what if you do the same thing with Maul, but he like, but Palpatine just utterly destroys Maul. Which would have been epic. And yeah, and that opens the door and that's what opens the door then for Anakin to 
become Darth Vader and, and fill that void. Well, then, yeah, and then uh, maybe there's like some kind of void in Obi Wan or something like that that this old nemesis he couldn't take him out. But at the same time, that would also feed into you know the Jedi way. He shouldn't be vengeful and all that kind of stuff. I mean, there's a lot to take on there. Yeah. But now, I mean, like, it, it, I saw this meme the other day, and it perfectly describes uh, uh, Darth Maul. He's literally too angry to die. Yes. And, like, that's exactly true. It had a picture of him and the Punisher and, like, somebody else, I forget. But it was, like, you know, literally too angry to die. And I was like, yeah, that's true. You know, because no one knew he was going to pop up, like, uh -huh. after that. I mean, he got chopped in half, man. Yeah. And a lot of people <laughs> liked him. I mean, as minimal as he was in Phantom Menace, like, he was a big deal. And a right. lot of people still, like, hold him up. So... To throw him in there would be a weird choice, but I wouldn't be mad about it unless they did it weird, like wrong. Right. So, so, I mean, like, to that end, what I'm getting at is, like, maybe what we'll see, like, if he does indeed pop up in this Obi-Wan Kenobi series, we know that during this, the midst of Solo, a Star Wars story, that uh, he's leading the Crimson Dawn. Yes. And from there, uh, the, you know, we just, we only ever heard of the Crimson Dawn just in the story, so maybe, you know... Obi-Wan goes to take out the Crimson Dawn and, you know, put put Darth Maul where he's supposed to be, you know, the beginning of Rebels or something like that. So I don't know. Right. And I, th <laughs> well, and I think there's something that's interesting about all of that because it does potentially leave a little sliver of a crack in the facade that maybe, you know, what if we actually see Alden Ehrenreich come back as Han? Yeah. As young Han. And, you know, and, and I think there's definitely room for Kira to appear. Yes. Uh, for sure. And and I th I wonder if you can even extend that out further. I mean, obviously we assume that it will be. Well, I mean, we know that we're going to see him on Tatooine for probably part of it. But have you ever heard the fan theory? I, this is Attack of the Clones minute. Oh uh, my god! Their episode this week. <laughs> um, but have you heard the fan theory that like so? There's the three gravestones when they're burying Shmi. Okay. Uh. And there's like two full size grave markers and one small one. Ooh. Okay. So and are you familiar with the original interpretation of events that like Obi Wan and Owen Lars are actually brothers? No. Really? Yes. Oh. Whoa. <laughs> well hold on, what does the grave markers have to do with it? That's what I'm kinda of lost on. So the so in addition to Shmi's grave marker. Mm -hmm. The presumption is that the other full-size one is Klieg Lars's first wife, ah. who would have given birth to Owen. Yes. And then... The and then the small one is a marker for a lost child. Anakin. No. Well, sorry. No. Obi-Wan. No. Really? <laughs> yes. No. So I'm not saying it's super compelling, but if you wanted to fix that, because I think in the like in the actual like novelization of Return of the Jedi, mm -hmm. uh, like in the published novelization, I will verify this someday whenever <laughs> I get into that. Because as I say, uh, well, actually, I don't think this was. This is my first time mentioning it in chronological order. Uh, that I acquired the Star Wars trilogy in book form which is cool like the original trilogy which is awesome i'm looking forward to reading it but the uh apparently in that novelization version like obi-wan refers to his brother owen lars really yeah 
And like that would change the whole dynamic of you were my brother Anakin because like they're actually like related stepbrothers. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, it's killing me now. <laughs> well, I, I mean, but so I, I long story short, <laughs> my big takeaway there is like I wonder if they would even get like Joel Edgerton to come back and play Owen Lars, an older Owen, an, a slightly older Owen Lars. All he needs to do is like pudge up a little bit, yeah. and he's all cool. Oh man. Well, you know what? That, that would be interesting. And I was even thinking as much because, like, there's a lot of good, like, comic source out there for, like, you know, Obi Wan's time on Tatooine, on Tatooine and everything. Yeah. I've already brought up enough times a Kenobi novel. If you haven't gotten it by now, go out and do it. It's, it's worth it. It's a fun little read. But all the same, like, you know, as much as everyone might cry at the fact that, like, well, what they're going to do, like, you know, he can't just stay on the planet the whole time. It's like, well, he can, mm-hmm. and they could make it work. You know, yeah. you just got to let it, you know, you just got to let, let it happen. Look, Breaking Bad took place entirely in the desert. Yeah. I don't see why they couldn't do another series that way. No, I, I agree. <laughs> I mean, like what I'm really excited about, and like I think some people will be like, well, some people might express disappointment that it's not a movie, that it's going to be a TV show. Right. But I just would say that in today's day and age of like prestige television, of AAA programming, mm-hmm. um, that's the least of my worries. Like, as much as anything, I'm really excited that we're going to get probably, like, eight to ten hours of Obi-Wan as opposed to two to two and a half. Exactly, yeah. So, first of all, I love the fact that we said, we're, there's not much to talk about here. We've already <laughs> spent, spent ten minutes, ten on, minutes it. on it. It's so. not that bad. I know, I know. But still, like, I didn't, I mean, that, that's just what happens on this show, right. man. You know, now you, we have the, lo- the big ones to, to try to unpack. <laughs> all right, yeah. So, a bunch of other stuff happened. Uh, the only other real announcement from D23 besides the next two I would probably put out there is they said that the official end to the Marvel comics yeah. for Star Wars yes. I think will be coming in November. I, that sounds right. Yeah, like the last the last issue of the official Star Wars comic, like the, the Star Wars main story. Until they uh, reboot it. Until they reboot years. it, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not even that long. Yeah, but still. <laughs> that'll come out. I'm sure they'll make like a big, anth- like, you know... Uh, uh, what do they call it? Like a not an anthology, um, um, like a uh, compendium. Compendium, or yeah. Like I'm sure they'll make a big compendium out of it, and you know, just go out and get it from there. But I just figured I'd bring that up. I, mean, I know there was a bunch of other stuff they brought up, but these are the big, the big topics we're talking about. So let's just dive right into yeah. it. But so once again, uh, you know, if you have tuned in this far, yes. and you don't want to hear us inadvertently potentially spoil anything. anything from the Mandalorian or, or Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker then, hey, thanks for listening. Uh, you can find us on, on, on Apple iTunes, iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, Reggie any, House. Wherever you get your podcasts, reggieshousepodcast.com. While you're there, check out Games and That and Rest Spelt Risters. Yes. Is that. I promise by the... Well, no, that's not true. I'm going to... I've taken a little break from Rust Belt Risters, but training camp opens next week, so... Oh, yeah, well, you got to keep on that. Yeah, so that'll be hitting full stride again here, hopefully pretty soon. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but otherwise... Let's get into it. The Mandalorian. The Mandalorian. Dude, that freaking trailer. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. All right. So, yes. Uh, let's see here. Trailer for The Mandalorian is finally dropped, and we couldn't be more excited. Lots of original trilogy fan service and even more new shots and new characters. The tone of the trailer alone sets up uh, what we were hoping for as a gunslinging space action series. It's subtle and tense at the same time. Yeah. So first of all, there's, I mean, there's barely a line of dialogue in this trailer. Uh-huh. And, and it literally takes until about like the last 30 seconds. And then they, it's just basically one line that they split up over 
like a, a static or not a static shot but like a, a 10 second shot like action yeah. shot yeah exactly so i mean let's just kind of lay it out as it goes it opens up with a really kick uh, you know kick butt uh, shot of old stormtrooper helmets like they're scattered like skulls yes right and, and like, most of them are on pikes yes and so to that end i remember someone actually pointing out that that's probably i mean unintentionally or intentionally a uh like a nod to Death Troopers, like sure. the novel. Because uh-huh. you think about it, I, I, there's a, the, the cover of the novel was uh-huh. the Stormtrooper on, on the hook. Right. And I mean, that's basically what it looks like because it's going through the, you know, the eyepiece and everything like that. But otherwise, yeah. They were, so it's showing you like, you know, Stormtroopers have no power here. Like they're all thrown about. And then you get a lot of, you know, just cool shots of just like, you know, these epic new settings, uh, you know, new worlds and everything to explore. Mm-hmm. As well as good shots of... Uh, the uh, the razor is it the razor crest? Yes, I think? Right. yes. The razor crest, the Mandalorian's own ship. Yes. Now I'm going to make my own prediction. I'm sure they brought this up one player or another, but the razor crest is a modified Republic gunship. Uh-huh. That's my guess right there. I agree with that. Because I, I mean, it, it's just it. Like the engines themselves, if you pay attention to the sound design, it sounds it, like prequel. It sounds prequel, right? <laughs> and so I'm excited. Plus, I mean, you got to look at the body of the thing, right? Yeah, I mean, it definitely uh, has, uh, like, I don't know exactly how to describe it, but the lines just look kind of like Grand Republic. Yes, and like, it's, it's a lot smoother. It's a lot more regal. And, yes. like, on top of all that, like, the way that the gunships were always kind of designed, it has that big crew bay. Yes. And, I mean, that, you know, being a bounty hunter and everything like that, you need that space. Yeah, you need it to stash your bounties. <laughs> and so, I mean, it's just really kick-ass. And then uh, go into, you know, some other, you know, really detailed shots. You get your first glimpse at, uh, uh, what the hell, uh, Gus Fring. I can't think of his, the actor's <laughs> John name. Giancarlo Esposito. Yes, that's Governor Gideon. Okay. Uh, that's actually in the article that I read today. That's, yeah. Uh, G- Grand Moff Gideon or Governor Gideon. I don't know how you would, you know, there's, it's all kinds of crazy titles, but essentially he styled himself as the, you know, the new quote unquote empire of his region or emperor of his region and stuff like that. Just uh-huh. taking, uh, you know, tyrannical rule of wherever he is in the Outer Rim. And it seems like th- like him and the Mandalorian are kind of squaring off and there's just like all these cool shots. Um trying to think of what else uh all these other characters that are popping up here and there they have a little twillick woman who winks at you mm-hmm. turns out the person who's doing that is tonks from harry potter yeah can't remember the actress's Her name, name is uh natalie or natalia tenna yes yes and she's like crewed up with um bill burr of all people yeah who the hell would have predicted that bill burr would be in star wars which is just hilarious. I was watching a video about, you know, they were breaking down the trailer and like they actually showed a clip of Bill Burr being like, I never got into Star Wars. Like it was just never my thing. And now he's in it. So what the heck? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's seemingly an interesting choice, but I mean, there's I don't want to like make repeated Breaking Bad <laughs> it, like. But he did references. good. Yeah. No, I mean, he was great in Breaking Bad. But I guess what I'm kind of picturing is like. I think there's going to be like some absolute like surrealist moments in this series. Oh yeah. Um but there's like similar to Breaking Bad, but it's going to be just like totally cowboys in space as well. Oh yeah. Oh uh, uh, so I mean to add to that, I mean the article that I had sent you that I was reading before I came over here essentially just said that like when they with the first half, like the first like, you know, uh chunk of A New Hope is exactly what, you know, 
he wanted it Lucas wanted it to be it was a you know the old west feel gun-toting lawless you know cowboy western set in space Uh and I think uh, John Favreau and Dave Filoni kind of took that concept and just went further they said as much that this is you'll see things in this show that you've never seen in Star Wars before and so much so they're just saying that you know the the Mandalorian or Mando as they refer to him on set I guess uh, basically he wants to do the right thing, but sometimes the right thing just doesn't work out in his favor, you know? And so he could be a bit ruthless about how he takes out some enemies. And I'm just like, you can kind of tell, like, you know, he, he has a style to him. He wants to be the lone gunslinger kind of guy. And I'm just really anxious to see how it kind of all unfolds. Mm-hmm. Not to mention the fact that, like, they're, they're putting all their cards on the table by making the main character someone whose face you'll never see. Yeah. Like, that's a bold choice. Yeah, never see, and, like, you know, it's, they have certainly painted a picture where he's not even going to talk very much. Right, right. They're going to let everyone else kind of around them to do the talking, yeah. especially Taika Waititi, which, let's talk that. It's not IG-88. It's IG-11. IG-11. And the way they kind of described his voice, like, Taika Waititi wanted to do the perfect voice, and they said they kind of found it somewhere in between, like, you know an adolescent and a toddler that's basically how he wants to do it like he's innocent about what he does or something like that Uh but at the same time i think he described it as like imagine a child with a gun like that's ig11 (laughs) so that'll be interesting to see that like how they kind of play that part out but there's a good shot of him and uh, the mandalorian working together and i mean just seeing the way that the ig works like first of all when you saw the ig droid in empire strikes back i mean it was just a prop Mm-hmm. You know, basically. Yeah. And so you never really got to see how they move or how they work. And then you see this, and it's just so freaking fluid. Yeah. Oh, yeah, my. It's awesome. Just, got- like, complete, uh, like... 360 degree range of motion for every part of its body basically right and i mean on top of that the head itself like i mean you've seen that on the ig series before like it has 360 degree view right so all it takes is a matter of configuring its body the way it has to go and there you go it's so cool and i'm excited to see how it goes down oh i don't know Uh, it's just gonna be epic yeah Um, i mean (laughs) for sure (laughs) and then i mean we also get our first look at uh nick nolte (coughs) Who's definitely playing an Ugnaught. Yes. I swear to God, I saw that. I was like, that's Nick. That's totally him. Yeah. Right? And he's he's riding on top of, I think it's a Blurg or something like that. Yeah. It's, these are species that showed up first off in Clone Wars. Right. Made it to Rebels. And then Dave Filoni's like, forget it. Let's just put it in live action while we're at it. And they did it. And sure enough. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it totally looked like Nick Nolte. And I was so excited to see it. And I'll be interested to see how it kind of, you know, gets played off or whatever. Mm. Uh, not to mention, like... Um, I'm just trying to think of what else. Uh, I mean, just the flying through space and flying in general looks really fluid. Yes. I'd say maybe that's like the only part that isn't too, you know, believable at the moment. But that's, I mean, that's to be decided. A lot of the shots in this trailer were just kind of clip, 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 and just kind of kept going. Right, exactly. I mean, it's I mean, it's funny, um, and we'll definitely get into this as we talk about Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Um, but it's just funny to me that the... Like, we have a minute and, like, basically almost a two-minute trailer. I think it's a little under two minutes Mm -hmm. uh, for The Mandalorian. And this is all new footage. Like, I mean, none of it we've seen before. Yeah, no leaked or anything. Yeah, but, like, I don't... 
like I don't feel like I understand it that well. Whereas like there's so much new stuff in like literally 20 seconds of new footage in the Rise of Skywalker. It's just like why yeah. or something. You just Which, get excited. Yeah, I mean, you can. I mean, I guess you can play that either way. Like on one <laughs> hand, that's a good thing, right? That, like I'm, you know, the, the mystery box is still intact, if you will, uh, for Mandalorian. Yeah, I mean, you kind of want to keep it that way. I'm sure we'll get a longer trailer as the time creeps up. Yeah, but there uh, is apparently. I'm actually, I'm going to kind of make a little diversion right now because I'm thinking about it and I need to do this myself. Sure. But apparently if you sign up via like the D23 website, mm-hmm. you can save some extra money on Disney Plus. No way. Yeah. Let me see if I can find the uh, uh, the form that I found. Well, I think I, I don't know if I told you or not, but they put out like a new deal saying that like, you know, you could buy two years get the third one free yeah which that's an interesting concept yeah uh i agree and so through for d23 members you can save an additional 23 dollars per year on a three-year plan which kind of i mean it sounds but that almost sounds like if we do the math out a little bit it kind of sounds like what you're describing yeah and so you go to d23.com uh create an account view an account and then go to um, click redeem now on your account information page and complete payment process on the Disney Plus Founders Circle page <laughs> and you'll receive that discount. Well, that's so, still pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, honestly, though, like they said, the, the buy two, get one free. I mean, that that's, I mean, if you really talk it out, I mean, we already said as much, it's about 70 bucks per year, uh-huh. which is not. No, it's really not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> a year, so you're talking, uh, you know, a buck 40 and you get three years of service. Yeah. You know, I and mean, I pay more, uh, you pay more for one month of freaking like uh, cable. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> yeah. You know, go for that. Uh, but I mean, it's it's all up in the air, and they're definitely putting all their weight behind this. And I think it, it it's good for them that it worked out this way, you know. And we talked, you know, we talked at the beginning, you know, they had the the Lizzie McGuire reboot, they have the the the, the Lady and Tramp, and all that kind of stuff. It's all coming to Disney Plus. Cruella, Cruella, Emma Stone, right? Yeah, nice. Uh, but still, like, this is going to be their 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 wedge like this is going to be the way that they're going to get into anyone's pocket and as soon as they put out like a nice detailed trailer kind of give a little more story if anything i feel like whoever's like on the fence they're going to hop off on the right side like that's yeah. that's going to be the determining factor well i agree and i mean they did they have confirmed further that it is going to be released weekly yeah uh that was something that actually just come out in the last couple of days even post d23 which i'm still i'm i'm okay with that yeah no, like I, it, I kind of like that i mean i you know it's gonna give me something to do something to look forward week. to yeah exactly yeah and it, it you know we said this before you know everyone you know earlier this year they were all about game of thrones and it's it's that feeling of you know you don't want to go into the office next day or whatever, wherever you're working. You have a buddy of yours who saw the show and like saw it in its entirety, but you only saw the first episode, and you don't want to have them spoil it for you. You know, yeah. it's a good way to avoid that. So, I'm all for it. I love that idea because then we could spend the whole week, you know, speculating what's going to happen, what's going to go where. You know, that might even play into future episodes of ours, as maybe even just like Mando breakdowns or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you know, all comes to you know comes out in the wash in the end. Uh, the final part of the trailer we should finally just get to. I know we haven't been saying it. 
uh, Werner Herzog, uh-huh. uh, his character... He has the only line of dialogue. He has the only line of dialogue, and he has a very uh, old... I don't know why he sounds like Watto. Uh, sorry. That's, oh, yeah. well, that's my go-to German old man voice, apparently. Yeah. He just goes, bounty hunting is a difficult career. Or what does he say? Bounty hunting is a difficult profession. Yes. Wouldn't you agree? Wouldn't you agree? agree? Look at the penguins, how they are. That's I mean, he's a nature documentarist for sure. But still, <laughs> uh, yeah, he has the only adult line of dialogue and has that cool shot where like the Mando actually looks at him like menacingly, and then we get the title card and all that kind of stuff. Now, even before that, before he says, "Wouldn't you agree?" There's a split second shot of the Mando surrounded by three people. One of which is a um, uh, an Aqualish, I believe, uh-huh. or a Quarren. I think it's a Quarren. A Quarren, yes. Yeah, because he has a, yeah. the tendrils. Aqualish is Panda Baba. Yes, yes. Okay, yeah. And then, yeah. It, it's all Walrus those. man. It's a water species, man. That's the thing that like, <laughs> throws me off. You think Aqualish. Oh, yeah, it's in the water. Moncalo, they go on plates of food. Uh, but still. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> this... Uh, He's surrounded by three people, one of them being a quorum, and he basically gets the quorum by the tendrils like it's a beard and slams him into the bar, knocks the other two people out. <clears throat> the quorum goes running through the door, gets tripped up by his, uh, you know, his line like Boba Fett had, and all of a sudden he shoots the mechanism for the door while he's yanking him back in, and it cuts right before it looks like it's about to cut the guy cut in the half. Guy in half yeah. And it's kind of like, ugh, but it, I remember seeing that and just being like, yes. Yeah. Yes, yes, I mean, yes. You can, yeah, I mean, you can tell that this is a serious show. Like, you know, this is not... Pro- like, I'm not going to be lining up to show my son this when he's two years old. Maybe three. Maybe three. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. Look, um, I was three years old when I saw Terminator 2. I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. But still. Now, I know what you mean. It, it, you... It, you keep him on the prequels. Keep him on the you know the original run. Yeah, we'll do you know. Yeah, I mean Clone Wars, Rebels, Resistance. That stuff's all going to be totally in play. Yeah, people usually do like you know they have their uh, confirmation or their bat mitzvah when they reach the age of manhood. Yeah, let's watch Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> yeah. that's what it is. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'll be I'll be really interested to see like how far they push that. You know, you can probably go pretty far with it, but as I as I think I mentioned in our last episode like i have my doubts that it's going to be like a tvma show like i just don't don't think that they want to do that on disney plus well it already said as much like i said this is going to be their driving wedge and everything like that they don't want to this is and as we have talked about this is the marquee show to at launch yeah and i mean also the fact you got to think like they're going to be putting out toys for this and stuff like that so obviously they're going to be pushing for a younger demographic in some ways but it's not so much the point of like you know clone like clone wars or anything like that where it was obviously cartoonish like this is going to be a bit visceral Uh and a bit bloody but it's not going to be gory i don't think that's the best way to put it like think of like uh you know you see all the you know the heroes in the marvel movies like at some point or another they have blood coming out of their lip or out of their nose or on the top of their head but it's never gory it's never vicious it's just an inconvenience to their you know their look or whatever um, but I just think it looks rad. I wanted to bring up two things. First of all, the armor. Yes. It's a lot brighter than I thought it was going to be. I agree. And I'm trying to decide if that was a misdirection in the original stuff from Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. Like if they just like kind of desaturated all of those scenes. Yeah. And now like we're actually seeing it in the normal coloration. Yeah. Or if they decided to change it in post-production. 
something along those lines maybe he gets a different suit of armor along the way exactly you know i mean that that could always be a thing yeah um i mean that's actually a cool nod to like old mandalorian culture that you're like in legends especially uh i mean i i just don't know that it's been fully addressed in new continuity Mm -hmm. but it was kind of like a mark of honor that your your armor was passed down and recycled over generations and generations so it could be something like that yeah and it was kind of intent like it was supposed to be kind of a a mismatch of different pieces like oh this is from my grandfather but this is from my uncle and this is from my dad and yeah like this is from my mother (laughs) mom's family mama yeah Yeah. well so the only real like thing I could say, <clears throat> besides it like being just a bit too bright, um, is I, I liked I liked this little detail. Someone <clears throat> pointed this out online. The shoulder pad that he has, like the brightest one, like the like white one, mm-hmm. it's off of a shore trooper. Yes, you notice that? Well, I saw that uh, <clears throat> that post. That yeah. <laughs> Which I thought it was a cool little detail. Like maybe, I mean, maybe they did it on purpose. Maybe they didn't. Either way, it works out. It goes into that idea, like, all right, maybe his armor is literal patchwork. Uh-huh. You know, yeah. And he just kind I mean, of picked like, it up as he went. Yeah, I mean, I wonder if it could be this kind of reluctant, like you were talking before about, like the premise being that he wants to do the right thing, but it's not always easy. Yeah, and it's kind of this reluctant hero story where, like, maybe you know, the way that you saw him in the original, uh, like sizzle reel from celebration that mm. we weren't supposed to see yeah <laughs> um and like his armor looked like it was more matching and whatever but maybe yeah. he gets stripped of that in some way and he kind of has to fight to reclaim that maybe i mean i honestly could work out because i also feel like when they showed off like the the, the the armor and like the you know the costumes in general at celebration mm-hmm. um it looked lo- it looked more brown like it looked yeah. more like what we saw in the first place yeah it was just kind of like browns and grays and like a little bit of silver was about as bright as it got but now yeah. you're seeing like these kind of vibrant yellows and reds it almost looks like the original boba fett like costume like, yeah like the boba fett from the holiday special Which, that's, type a, of costume. that's a deep bull man yeah <laughs> so i thought that He's was already using the rifle so yeah well that's just it yeah they're just leading into it it's like although just today john favreau confirmed <laughs> as if it wasn't confirmed enough that Boba Fett is not going to be in the Mandalorian. Yeah, and if anything, we might get lucky enough to get like a, a name passing. I feel, yeah, I feel like there will be one point where someone's like Boba Fett, and you're like wrong guy or something like that, and yeah. just blow their head off or something. Well, that was, yeah, well, that was um, one of the major. Well, not one of the major things, but one of the s- significant interludes in the aftermath trilogy. Yeah, yeah, is the guy on Tatooine who Cab were, Vanth. Yes, yeah. but they refer to him as wearing. Mandalorian armor that looked very familiar to looked many. Pockmark, if yes. you will. Which I got really excited because I thought that that was going to be a a correlation into what the Mandalorian was going to turn yeah. into. I was like, they made this out of this, you know? Yeah. Like it was one of those things. Yeah, and I don't, that's I don't know that it's quite going to go that far, but like I wonder if there could be a tie-in. Um, I would just like that kind of obliquely references that, or like, oh, I've heard about a Mandalorian on Tatooine. Maybe there's a like, maybe I'll go to Freedom Town. Yeah. If we could meet Malakili again, I'm so excited. <laughs> Sorry, no, that's just me. Well, and that would be totally in the wheelhouse of the fan service that, right? that we has... see here. I mean, like, this trailer kicks ass, and, like, I can't wait to watch it, like, truly. Right. Um, but it's also true that I still, 
worry that the fan service is just too much. It's gonna be too much. Well, let's just wait you know, wait it out. Like it honestly might just end up being like the first episode is gonna have all these little nods and everything mm-hmm. like that. And, and then, then it'll the go into its own smooth story. ride. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna see familiar things as you go, but it's not so much like it's there because like, hey, I remember this. It's there because it's a crucial part of the story. Uh-huh. It's not so much like when Finn's pulling stuff out of the Millennium Falcon and he finds the ball. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah. Uh the last little thing I wanted to bring up before we dive into Rise of Sky Skywalker was the fact that before he says, wouldn't you agree, it shows the cargo bay of uh, the Mandalorian ship, and there are a line of uh, cryo, well, not cryo, um, carbonite frozen uh, prisoners, like yes. bounties. Yeah. Uh, someone pointed out online the one at the front uh, that you know, has the face kind of distorted. Turns out that's the guy, or at least it's the same species of the adventure of the box back in Clone Wars. Okay. If someone's saying as much, I I couldn't remember if they confirmed or denied it, but it was it, they were saying, oh yeah, that's the same character, you huh. know, the same guy who made the box or whatever. And I can't remember the species name or you know. Well, what I, yeah, I thought he just looked like um, the Quarren almost. S- no, Sacy Tin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a, the it's a um, master yeah. with like the horns on the side. Yeah, that, like horns on the side that point down, and he's not Masamita. No, who has <laughs> horns on the side and horns up top. Yeah, no, no. It's it's a. Uh, I know that there's a there's a species name for it, but you just can't think yeah, of it. But it does look it like right that. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So it could be that. It could be this guy. I don't know. I just thought it was a fun little fun fact. Yeah. A couple. Uh, I mean, just like two other little things. Just browsing on the IMDb page. Okay. Uh, going back to Star Wars Celebration and the sizzle reel, uh, Werner Herzog's character references he's looking for Doctor Pershing. Ooh. And apparently that, like, we know who's going to play him now. Um, let me see if I can find it again real quick. Okay. His name is Omid Abtahi. Omid Abtahi. And he looks like he was, he played kind of like a bit part in Hunger Games. Okay. Uh, he was in Last Resort, which was a TV show for a couple years. And he was also in Argo. I think he was like one of the, like, quote unquote, bad guys in Argo. Ah, one of those. Okay. Uh. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, but that's just like, it's interesting that he's like one of the only characters that has his role, like his name is provided in the IMDb listing. Well, that's still pretty cool. Yeah. And then the only other one uh, to point out while we're on this, while I'm on that page is Ming-Na Wen. Yes. Oh my God. uh, The original Mulan. Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize that. But uh, she also is an agent on uh, Agents of Shield. Yeah, she's real. Uh, Call or no, not Colleen. Uh, that's from Iron Fist. Yes. But either way, she's like <laughs> Melinda May. Melinda May, yeah, Agent May. She's a bamf on that show. Yeah. Like half the reason I watch that show because she's just relentless. Like she puts most of the major MCU characters out the pasture because she <laughs> does not give a crap. Fair enough. So that would be my one uh, plug for Agents of Shield today. And she's. Uh... She was also Chun Li in the original Street Fighter movie. No way. Yeah. Really? I actually do remember her from that. Yeah. Like you talking like uh, what's his face who used to be American? He's like we fight for America. Uh, the guy who like balanced himself between uh, Jean Claude Van Damme, JCVD. Well, yeah. JCVD is still <laughs> uh, Steven Seagal is the one who's now a Russian citizen. Oh Christ! If that's what you were getting at. Yeah, no, no. I was just saying that. Yeah. Well. It, He's like JCVD was the you know gung ho American character yes. in Street Fighter. Yeah. Okay, Even wow. He's obviously not American. So try, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I want to go back now and watch that. I, it, oh, God, 
<laughs> Freaking uh, Duke Rowell or whatever. Ah, never mind. I'm thinking other things. <laughs> Whoever played uh, Gomez in Adam's Family, he played the the bad guy in that movie. I don't. I don't think I remember that. Raul something. Yeah, Raul Julia. Yes, 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 yes. Or okay. Julia. Yes. No, I should. I, I should have known that. I was him for Halloween. Jean Claude Van Damme plays Colonel Guile. <laughs> oh my God, that's interesting though. I mean, it's cool to hear that kind of stuff and think like, oh yeah, that person in this movie I saw years ago, I never even realized. You know, it's like, oh yeah, it's him. It's like you go back and watch um, Wanted. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Did you realize Chris Pratt was in that? No. Yeah, neither did I. Is, I this is going to be like intersectional with my other <laughs> podcast about sport, about hockey, and and specifically analytics of hockey. But I read Moneyball not that long ago, and so Ooh. I really want to go watch the movie. Yeah. In which he plays the first baseman of the Oakland Athletics. Wow. And I really want to see him in that role. <laughs> That'll be interesting because I, I know that like he was just starting to get up there in the way of like stardom. Like I mean, obviously he had Parks and Rec and everything like that. Uh-huh. But then he went like he got he got real buff and he went to the Zero Dark Thirty. Well, yeah, and I'm sure he went off to and do that. And I think that. that was around the same time that he did Moneyball, actually. Yeah. And so like I want to see if he's Fat Chris Pratt or <laughs> like you know Leading Man Chris Pratt. Basically. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, either way. Anyway, let's. With, uh... with all of that said, so my biggest takeaway with The Mandalorian is like. <laughs> I'm so excited about The Mandalorian. I really am. Yeah. But every time I get super excited about The Mandalorian, Rise of Skywalker still beats it. That's just it, dude. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I, all all day, like, you texted me. You're, like, you texted me about it. I was like, so I guess we're just going to be talking about The Mandalorian. And I was like, what? It's out? I completely forgot about it or something. No, 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 no. It was, it was for The Rise of Skywalker. Because it was coming out, like, that Monday, right? Yes. So the way it worked out is they showed everything at D23, but they didn't release anything until Monday on Good Morning America where they were going to release this is a reel that everyone's seen now. Yes. And I completely forgot about it. And I think I was even the one who like you know brought it up to you. Like, hey, FYI, this and that. And I was like driving around and I got a text from you. And you're like, well, I guess we know what we're talking about. And I was like, what are you talking about? And you're like, it's the trailer. It's out. I was like, what? <laughs> and I literally did what I told everyone I was going to do. I pulled over to the side and threw my hazards on and you know, plugged it into the stereo to listen to it. Yes. And I was like, this is incredible. You know, so yeah. uh, let's kind of, <laughs> <laughs> let's kind of set it up. Uh, let's see here. More footage for The Rise of Skywalker was released following a saga-accurate montage to all the films in the saga. We open with a hero shot of of the crew, Ray, Poe, and Finn, out in front. It seems like they stumbled across some kind of festival. It, does. Uh, it is very bright and colorful. It looks like Burning Man. Yeah, almost. I mean, it's in the desert, for goodness sake. They're <laughs> launching a bunch of, like, ash fireworks or whatever, so yeah. there's going to be a lot of, like, clay colors and all that kind of stuff around. Um, but, so, yeah, before we get into that, I did make this mention. Of this, like, it, I'm, I'm really not trying to egg anybody on, but I think in our in our kind of read of it, like, you know, we said as much before, I think, in one of our reviews that will be coming out later on, there is a way to watch Star Wars, you know, there, yes, that's correct. It's it's not so much like it's uh, you know one through three, four through six, and then now it'll be seven through nine. It's it is the easiest way to do it, and like the the correct way, and at least in my opinion, is to do four through six. Yeah, one I'd say three. total release order. Yes. So like it would be four through six, one, two, three, seven, seven. Rogue One, <laughs> eight, Solo. Solo. Yeah, and now nine. <laughs> yeah. oh, hold on, the Mandalorian, and then the Obi Wan, and then nine. No, it, but still, like. And I mean, you can argue all day about it. I say, basically, I just say that like a lot of what 
you know, the prequels did was like fan service. They were like, oh, this is that or this is this. And, you know, and it's like you can't really appreciate much of the nuance mm-hmm. if you're not a fan of the original trilogy. Yes. That's kind of how I put it. So, yeah, no, I agree. I don't think like as much as Lucas will tell you that, like, well, no, this is truly like the prequels. Like you can watch this without needing to watch the original trilogy. Right. But I don't agree with that. I, you know, to me, the proper way to watch it is original trilogy, prequel trilogy, sequel trilogy. Exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, you, arguably, I think you could even make the case that it would be original trilogy, sequel trilogy, prequel trilogy. Yeah. Just because, like, you know, the sequel trilogy has done that good job of just kind of keeping making that feel stay consistent yeah. to the original trilogy as opposed to. What the sequels uh, were. Yeah, or, the sorry, prequels the prequels. Do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, take that for what it's worth, but they, they did a great little montage leading up to the yeah. new footage. With all, yeah, and I like that they go four through six. One, one through three, three, and then seven, seven and eight. And, like, yeah. it was it was perfect. It was it was a cool little way of doing it. For whatever it's worth, we're not going to do our recaps <laughs> that way. No, we're, we are going to be going in numeric order, so yeah. get ready. It's going to be exciting. <laughs> yes. Get to start off with the thrill that is The Phantom Menace. <laughs> And then our favorite movie. Oh, of all time. Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. All right. Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Uh, So, yeah, the first shot, them doing the festival and all this kind of stuff. Then we get a quick little glimpse of Leia again. Obviously, this is going to be some of the reused footage from Force Awakens, Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. I'm really interested to see how they pull this off. We've talked about that before. You know, just how they're going to make the story work with the dialogue that they have recorded. Right. And what what I understand is... I mean, what I was told a while ago, or I mean, I just heard this on a podcast or whatever. It's not like I have (laughs) special insider knowledge. Right. Um, But it it sounded like a lot of these scenes that they had to draw on were her actually interacting with Corsella. Corsella. Yeah. Was that, wait, was that her, um, uh, the, the lieutenant? Not Connix, is it? Is Corsella her first name? Cor- no, Corsella is the girl on um, the what's senator. It well, I, she's just like an attaché. But she goes to uh, the the Hosnian. She's system. on Hosnian Prime when, when it gets it attacked. Gets, yes, that's the person that they focus on in the Force Awakens, and there would have been more context to it had they kept it in. I'm yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, you're telling it exactly correct. Yeah. Like whenever we're on the one scene that we get of Hosnian Prime, and there's like one girl in the front of the image yeah they and, like they focus on her more than anything else yeah and, and that's to... Corsella and yes. apparently they recorded like several scenes between Leia and Corsella. this girl like between Carrie Fisher and this girl I, uh, I don't know her name yeah. it doesn't matter um, she does make a role in the uh, in the she's book in bloodline oh well yeah bloodline too I was gonna yeah. say uh, in the lines yes in the in the Force Awakens novel uh-huh. Like that whole scene is still it, it's there. Still in there. So, yeah. you know, to kind of give more flavor to what's going on in the Senate. Because I think her whole plan was she was supposed to go there to actually ask for assistance mm-hmm. with the resistance against the First Order. Yes. Um, but yeah, let's go. You know, that, that'll that be interesting to see how it's pulled out. I'm glad to know that they got some of this, you know, to work. Uh-huh. And, and I, But so I guess what I'm kind of getting at, um, and we do see this in two separate images. So we see Leia on like this kind of foresty area mm-hmm. and we see Ray in the same foresty area. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine that there's a certain overlap in terms of like Leia kind of being a mentor to Ray in the same way that she could have been to Corsella. Right. Um, and I can also see this 
situation where she's kind of talking about how it's on you to do what needs to be done. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, so I can kind of get a sense for what those dial like what those lines of dialogue might be like. I, like I honestly, I don't want to like go to Star Wars leaks, but I did. <laughs> on Star Wars leaks, they have unequivocally stated that where like that foresty place, yeah, is Endor. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone's throwing that rumor around. I'm gonna wait until you know, until you know they come out and actually show it to believe it. But it's hard not to believe it when you see scenes of you know they show the Death Star in the water and stuff like that. So I mean, it it's entirely believable. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I I wouldn't I wouldn't deny it. Why the hell not? Yeah. you know, it's it's there. And like I think I mean, the more I saw of that environment in this trailer, the more I'm like. Yeah, that's Endor. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's like no way that it's not. Um, yeah, but I'm sorry. I feel like I kind of de- derailed our... No, no, you're We were going to kind of go in sequence. Uh, Entertainment Weekly actually did a like a cool... Like they pulled out like the 12 most impactful new images. So we were going to kind of work our way through those. Yeah. So we... So that's the third one. Okay. <laughs> the next one is the one that's my new background on my on my profile because it's it's so cool. And the first time I saw it, I didn't even have a chance to like really see it. Uh-huh. And then a second time I got home, I was able to watch it with Eva. I was like, hold up a minute. And I paused it. And it's not just an X-Wing, bro. It's everything. Yeah. So we're talking X-Wings, Y-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings, man. And not only that, but there's a uh, there's a, what appears to be the Tantiv-4, or uh, Tantiv-IV, as you said last yeah. time. I don't remember. But that's right out in the forefront. Now, people are saying as much that that is indeed the Tantiv-4, <laughs> which maybe, but that at the same really time... Cool. It would be a, it would be a great like pull, yeah. But what what happened to it, right? It was it was in the, it was in the Death Star. Like they were just like, all right, it's empty. Let let it go adrift or something like that. Like who's to say they don't have more blockade runners like that? Yeah, absolutely. But then again, I guess it's a Alderanian well, that, design. Yeah, I mean, but that was a Sorry. thing in uh, in Rebels though, is that we see that Leia seemingly has an an unending supply of blockade runners <laughs> which of Alderanian yeah design it's yeah maybe they were all just kind of like put to her you know to her test if you will or whatever yeah. but i don't know i just love that it. it's a perfect like you know it's a silhouette of all these different ships there's one freighter like to the right of the of the tan tv and i don't know what it is like it almost looked like the ghost but i don't think it is yeah i don't know that it's the ghost but i do think i mean it almost even looks like the uh like the yt2400 outrider right. Yeah, uh, or something along those lines. Yeah, like a, a different Corellian design. Yeah, because I mean, it does kind of look like the Falcon, but it's like it's not. You know, it's it's almost too big. Yeah, and uh, it could be like a a perspective issue as well. Like maybe it's like in the background and it's actually like a, a right. brand new Mon Calamari kind of cruiser, cruiser or, something. or something. Maybe it's like the the Victory Glass or the the. Um, the st- is it like the Starhawk or something like that? The, those yeah. cruisers from Aftermath? Yes. Yeah, like they were like the new like, yeah. heavy Although cruisers. they do describe those as actually kind of being somewhat like Imperial Star Destroyer in nature. In nature, right, like right. Like pointed because they're made out of recycled. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which, I mean, that's gnarly in its yeah, own, right? Yeah, that is cool. Uh, so, like I said, I had to like pause it and point it out. I think they finally were like, you know what? In The Last Jedi, instead of, you know, we, we had these bombers, but they weren't Y-Wings, and everyone's like, what the heck? Yeah. And now it's like, all right, bring the Y-Wings back. Bring the B-Wings back. Let's do this. I don't... Oh. 
Well, and I think it certainly points to like where the resistance is now. Like mm-hmm. I think there's this argument, and I mean, I understand like the 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 bombers from Last Jedi don't necessarily fit this mold, but like I think there was this sense that the resistance was at least fairly well funded previously, mm-hmm. and that they you know they did have updated X wings, updated A wings, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But now that like they've been kind of laid low by the First Order. And there's really no governing body to oversee it. They're like, well, we got to go deep. Yeah. You know? like again, we have to go back to these Clone Wars <laughs> era uh, like, Y-Wings that are now 60 plus years old, etc. Plus the B-Wings, which are essentially just made out of scrap yeah. to begin with. Yeah, absolutely. So, but like, I'm, I'm, I'm also curious to know if like maybe this has something to do with Alphabet Squadron. I, I mean, I could see it. it maybe it's something yeah. like, maybe they were like a driving force with like protecting a lot of these ships or something like that. Uh-huh. And we've already said as much, I mean, the, the, the Alphabet Squadron is supposed to become uh, a trilogy. Yes. And I know we're probably not going to get the next book at least till next year if we're lucky. Yeah, for sure. So it's going to take a while to kind of catch up on that. Yeah, but I could definitely see, I mean, I can <laughs> see an argument, like even going back to the Ghost, mm-hmm. where like there are certain, you know, rebel cells that, for them, the war never ends, if yeah, you will. Yeah, and and that's what some of these resources could be, and I think that would be really cool. Maybe it's like Saul, like the remnants of Saul's group, or something like that. The partisans. But anyways, on to the next one. <gasps> Star destroyers. <laughs> yes. Not just any star destroyers, like Imperial star yes. destroyers, and they look truly imperial. Like you can kind of see, like the uh, the sensor bulbs, mm-hmm. like on the top. You can see the tractor beam underneath. Yes. There are points where people have pointed out there are red stripes on the side. Okay. Uh, so a lot of people are leaning towards that being uh, this the Sith, right. you know, fleet. This, yeah. You know, supposed Sith fleet. But the thing that I really liked that someone brought this up was the fact that this has vibes of the Dark Force, of the Katana fleet. Yes. And you yeah, know, it it's, yeah, because, all right, so to give a quick premonition on this or whatever, like, a quick example... Uh, the Dark Force, uh, the Katana fleet was this, uh, you know, it was like, uh, you know, uh, hundreds of ships uh, all kind of linked together and were lost to time because of some kind of crazy, you know, malfunction. So all these grand, uh, you know, dreadnought cruisers were essentially sent to the middle of nowhere in space. Now this, like all this, all of these guys are lined up in line. Like there's several rows of them. They're all in straight formation. It kind of looks that way. And it mm-hmm. kind of has that vibe to it. Like it's just been hiding there waiting for the right moment. Right. And so it's eerie that way. Yeah, it know? is. I mean, it's a really cool shot. Like, and I feel like even this picture doesn't do it justice. No, no, no. Um, just in terms of just the, the actual menace of all of these star destroyers and right and again it's like juxtaposed right against this shot of like the the resistance fleet mm-hmm. which is mostly like small, small ships. ships yeah <laughs> and you know and it like that fleet is like they're all kind of staggered they don't look as well organized right um and again, it's like the perspective is so different that like, you know, you can maybe see like 20 small starfighters, like single man starfighters or, you know, two men like as a Y-wing or whatever. Yeah. Um, but this is like, you can probably see 50 star destroyers in this one shot. And there's probably and still more to go. Yes, precisely. Which, I mean, that's just incredible to think in its own right. Uh-huh. Not to mention the fact that like when it comes to how many of these major, you know, starships you see on screen in any other kind of capacity, whether it be cartoon, uh, comic, 
even movies. Like you think about like the scene where they turn around and they find out it's a trap in Return of the Jedi, right? Uh-huh. And they see all the Star Destroyers waiting in, in you know, in hiding basically. That doesn't even match that number no. by a fraction. Yeah, for sure. That's I mean, the crazy part. Yeah, I mean, we were just, uh, like, in our last episode, we did, we looked at the Thrawn books. Mm-hmm. And, like, in Thrawn Treason, there's this scene <laughs> where, where Thrawn's ship, the Chimera, is opposed by, like, three Star Destroyers in close formation. Yes. And one that's not in formation at the time. Yes. Um, you know, and it's like, that just sounds menacing that it's like three against one. Yeah. And as you say, this is not that. Oh, it's just like, that's um, something to take over the galaxy right there. So right, absolutely. I, more than anything else, like I think between the, the, like these two shots, I've been more excited than anything else. Right. And I do, th- I mean, I will concede despite my love for last Jedi, <laughs> that there's not a good space. Like there's not really a good space battle. Not at all. All there is, is just like destruction. Yeah. Straight up destruction. Not, exactly. That's not to say like the silencer isn't cool or even the new a wings, all that kind uh, of stuff. It just, you want it more, yeah, but it, yeah, but every battle is just like very one sided. Yeah. You will, Cause it's either like, you know, it's, it's the resistance fleeing to car and like fleeing you know, in hyperspace. Right. And then it's the, then it's the battle immediately when they come out of hyperspace and then there's a crate battle, but that's really not and much it's of not a in space. No, like the closest you get is just the. Maybe that's why we both like the Millennium Falcon part so much. It's like finally something's yeah. flying. You yeah, know exactly. But, I uh, can agree with that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, why don't, we, why don't we get into the next? Uh, you know, we could probably do a whole episode on just this one. <laughs> yeah, we truly one picture. <laughs> but I like your instincts about like the Katana fleet. Right. Uh, I think that's a cool little. And th- yeah, and I think that's that seems like a good plot point to show on the screen yeah uh you know that it's somebody's gonna have the objective of like they have to figure out where the control ship is mm-hmm. and, and just run it from there which speaking of mm. we have finn and Jana. it's pronounced Jana, as far as i know i think i've said <laughs> yeah. that before no, you're correct <laughs> but I, yeah i was setting you up and yeah, you, right. you delivered it was good um <laughs> but they're in some kind of cockpit Yes. Um, and, and actually, I mean, the, uh, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, they might just be in hyperspace, mm-hmm. but there is kind of like this blue, dusty, atmospheric kind of look behind them. Yeah. Which almost makes me wonder if they're wherever that uh, fleet imperial is. fleet is. Maybe. Because, I, mean, t- I mean, if you look at the background, besides the two like looking out the window, there's an obvious pilot. Yes. So they're riding some kind of transport or something mm-hmm. like that. So I mean, it it'll be interesting to kind of see. There's not too much to take away from this. You get you just get your first real good look at Jaina and uh, and Finn. Yes. You know, and I mean it. It's really cool. Jaina looks pretty baller. Mm-hmm. She's got her cool goggles on. Yeah. She's got the big fro. She kind of looks like Misty Knight a little. She bit. does actually. Yeah, I love it. So I don't know. It's it, it, I'm hoping maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's their mission mm-hmm. because. Jaina's character in the first place is supposed to be a navigator for the outer rim, you yes. know, for the unknown yeah. region. So why not? Absolutely. Maybe she, she stumbled. Kind of, up. She could have been the one that found it. I was going to say, yeah, she has a uh, talent cards, you know, yeah. backstory a little bit. Exactly. So that's cool. Uh, into the next one, we have crispier. <laughs> no, uh, into the next one, we've got evil C-3PO. We've talked about Question this. Mark. Question yes. mark. Yeah, we've talked about this. He yeah. has he's powered by a kyber crystal. It all makes sense. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, so basically uh, C-3PO has red eyes instead of uh, gold eyes. And um, people are thinking, you know, all right, maybe he's turning to the dark side. Maybe he had an ulterior motive this whole time. People are also thinking that he's going to be possessed, uh, you know, and then, like, you know, go on a rampage, basically. Uh, there's also the idea that, like, maybe he had this subverted program 
Mm-hmm. Uh, much like uh, another murder bot that we know and love from the comics, Triple Zero. Yes. Uh, Which who, even Entertainment Weekly mentions. Yes. <laughs> Triple Zero is terrifying but hilarious. Like, it's just... Yeah. Imagine C-3PO, but with a, like, you know, but he's a sociopath. Like he just, yes. he, he just wants to destroy, to yeah. just destroy. Stuffy Butler, who is only concerned with murder. Yes. And like, what's the best way to flay a human from their skin or something yes. like that? It's so, it's so messed up. Yeah. But I mean, like I said, it, it could be something as sinister as that, or it could be something as simple as like, this is him doing his diagnostic or they're trying to find old memories that may have not have been erased or something like uh-huh. that. A lot of theories. Yeah. I actually, I mean... I would really like that to be the case that they're going to like kind of tap into some unknown part of 3PO's memory mm-hmm. um, to, you know, to find out things about like Anakin and there and by extension, hopefully the Emperor and, and presumably like, you know, in his service to Padme after Attack of the Clones, mm-hmm. like he would have in you know Intel. involvement yes exactly like early days and, and, and we that. know that um like both in the comics like in the poe dameron and his one shot comic that he had mm-hmm. um like he's basically running a spy network of droids yeah yeah uh, which is awesome so like i could almost see this tapping into that somehow um and we even i mean we actually even start to see that in some of the other books well i mean it's it's it was tapped upon in the movie in force awakens right but, I mean, they expand more on to the novel and self, mm-hmm. other books, I'm sure. Yeah. But, yeah, like, he has his own little network, yeah, he, which is cool. Yeah. There's, there's a really cool uh, C-3PO one-shot from, I don't know, it's got to be at least two or three years old now. Yeah. Um, but it, it, like, delves into the backstory and how he wants to, uh, he's trying to rescue one of his operatives. Ah. And uh, it just... It, like hijinks ensue, but it has this, <laughs> but it also has this like actually really emotional, heartfelt story. Aww. Um, it it basically explains how he gets his red arm in Force Awakens. No way. Yes, I told you that was in the game, the 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 the, the Lego game I gave you. Oh, really? I, yeah. What? Well, but I'm wondering if it's a different story then. Let's talk afterwards. We'll talk afterwards. Okay, but still. Uh, so yeah, there's a lot to go into it. I'm I'm all for an evil C-3PO or at least a Rambo C-3PO. Yeah. I mean, I wonder, I mean, so the other thing is like we've, we once upon a time saw this shot of him seemingly wielding uh, <laughs> the crossbow, crossbow yeah. and bandolier. Maybe that was speed. Maybe and that's I, him. I'm wondering if this is like him being reprogrammed to like accept that or whatever. Oh, it'd be so gnarly. All right, what we got next? Only a few more left. Uh, looks like some kind of turbo laser, uh, yes. you know, or, or at least some sort of some sort of uh, orbital bombardment onto. I mean, what looks like a snowy planet. It looks snowy. Yes, <clears throat> I think people, they were thinking it's the planet the Zuri's on. Yes, they think that, or somehow it's like something tied to Starkiller Base. Mm. I mean. I'd be really upset if Starkiller Base in any way shows up. So you think that, like, would, so would that, all right. <laughs> it would feed into the idea of, like, all right, this is a total copycat of Return of the Jedi. Yes. Because they're they're going for the Death Star again. Right. Or the Starkiller Base again. I, I would hope not. I mean, they said, they showed off as much in The Last Jedi that there are more super weapons out there than just this planetary weapon. Right. And which, like, yeah, you know, they had that dreadnought that had the orbital bombardment. It took out the base of the car like it was nothing. Mm-hmm. So what's to say that this isn't the same idea? What's to say they didn't have more than a dreadnought, like one dreadnought? So, I mean, for all we know, it could be just that. Or it could be, you know, your standard orbital bombardment from a regular, you know, 
class star destroyer or something. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, depending on how close this image actually is, it could be nothing more than like a turbo laser. Exactly. Just or it could be something just, much more powerful. I right. mean, there is the rumor surrounding this image, not even so much that it's Starkiller, but and tying into like your thing with uh, Zori, mm-hmm. is that people suppose that this could be a flashback scene. Oh, like it was part of the original like firing mm-hmm. of it. Maybe. And it could kind of have some sort of diverging path or, you know, something where we, you know, maybe we're going to see Ray or somebody in a, you know, and we're going to get kind of a different story yeah, compared to what we think we know well let's put it this way it was star killer when it was launched i mean we we've we've joked about it before the fact that it's a you know it's a shotgun blast it, it spreads out mm-hmm. you know but the beam almost looks too weak well i agree compared to what else it does yeah you know but, but that's yeah. you know i guess i haven't seen it and i don't see it in this image now like they actually don't have the picture displayed very big Mm-mm. but somebody said that they thought this environment was the same as the one from the first trailer where we see the ship fly in flying through yeah exactly yeah that's that would be my two cents on that one and people are wondering if that could be tied to ray's parentage eh, maybe i mean i don't know we'll there see. look they're gonna be proffering that for god knows how long but yeah. still <laughs> for sure <laughs> all right next up we're back on what might be endor endor yeah uh with and Ray doing some training. Yeah, and she's cutting down the homes of the Ewoks. Yeah, it's pretty mean. <laughs> it's not very green of her. Yeah, so she's she basically there's just a scene where she's training. And she's you a can, warrior, but she's not an eco warrior. Yeah, so like she has a uh, she has a uh, like a, a training ball where they're like the the, the floating orb that you know uh, Obi Wan yeah. and everyone trained with. Uh, and she throws her lightsaber through a few trees and calls it back to her hand, not unlike uh, Mjolnir. Yes. You know, that's how everyone referred to it. I was like, or it's the force, guys. Come yeah. on. I mean, it is the force. But. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, Oh, yeah. No, he's got a special trait with the lightsabers. Yes. Uh, yeah. Or I mean, what is interesting is that it's a blue lightsaber. Yeah. Not any blue lightsaber. It's the freaking, I mean, it's the Anakin one. Yeah. Which it's like, what happened? Well, but, and that's, yeah. I mean, that's what I'm really curious to see. And like, I get a vibe personally that this scene as a training scene and assuming that this could be the same environment that Leia is in, that maybe mm-hmm. Leia is the one that's actually helping Rey kind of unlock her potential. Maybe. Um, but this feels early in the movie to me. Yeah. You know, like, I don't think she would be seemingly doing training, like, during the climactic battle. No, no. Well, even to that end, I mean, when we get into the next couple shots, I mean, that a lot of what we see might end up being, like, early on. Uh-huh. Which, if that's the case... If they play it like they did with Endgame and they only showed the first 20 minutes in the advertisements and everything like that, do it, dude. That's great. Yeah. Keep as much under the, under your coat as you can. You know, because we said as much. We want our expectations to just be surpassed or just anything. You know, we want to, we want to be excited about mm-hmm. it. We don't want to ruin anything for anyone, especially ourselves. So why not just, you know, play along with it? Yeah. But it goes into the next scene where we were talking about Ray and Kylo fighting on top of what seems to be the debris of the Death Star. Yeah. And, and, and yeah. looking at this image again, I think I don't know if I brought this up on air last time or not. I don't think you did. But this scene kind like the actual set piece that they're standing on mm-hmm. kind of looks like the tractor beam relay from the A new first Hope. Death Star. Yeah. Which if that was the case, fan service 
come on. Like, yeah. it's right there. Yeah. Like, what if, like, Kylo tripped over the, ooh, like, he yeah. tripped over and it still made that <laughs> yeah, noise. it just made that sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> or something. You never know. But it's an epic shot. I mean, yeah. they're on top of, a, like, on top of this debris in, like, a raging Storm, ocean or yeah. storm or something yeah. like that you know it's like hurricane dorian yeah 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 seriously <laughs> but it's just like it's just insane and to that end i would like this to be early on like what if it's just something where it's like uh-oh you know we found each other again but it's gonna be a part where we run away from each other again if this was the climactic battle which it looks like it should be i would also be kind of disappointed because i don't want to see you it. don't want to see that yeah, yeah exactly. exactly but no, this <laughs> that it's a big point in the advertisement as much right now like they also released the the first poster for this uh-huh. which and it's like set there it's set there yeah exactly with like the overwatch of uh palpatine's eyes in the background mm-hmm. and it's just uh, we could talk about the poster a different time but i'm just saying like this looks epic and like this will probably be one of the best like sword fights we'll have in the entire series right here yeah. I'm going to call it right now. No, I, I completely agree. I mean, I've already, you know, I've certainly expressed my opinion on the sequel trilogy sword fighting and that I think it's basically perfect. Oh, yeah. Like, it has the weight, but it's still much more advanced than the original trilogy. Yeah, to that end, yeah, it's it's not so much dancing, as we've said before. It's not right. choreographed. It, you could feel the bluntness of yeah, it. So, but, yeah. And finally... The the image that everybody's talking about. Yes. Um, Dark Ray or Darth Ray or whatever you want to call it. Darth Radar. I don't know. A lot of people have been saying that. Or Darth R E E Y. <laughs> Ray. Ray. Yes. But like either. Lauk or. <laughs> Jerus. Jerus. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Uh, apparently, Ray turns to the dark side and she has a double bladed lightsaber that's that hinged folds in the middle it folds in the middle now let's let's just put it out right in the front that's not new no no if anyone's been paying attention to you know star wars recently uh there have been several uh, uh you know uh examples of that type of lightsaber right one of which is most prominent is the uh, the uh, jedi master general krill uh-huh. uh who is a, a basilisk I can never say Basilisk. it right. Basilisk. Basilisk. You say it. I can't. Basilisk. Uh, he's, you know, he's, um, he, uh, he, he turns on all of his troops and everything like that. We've talked about this in yeah. Clone Wars, but he had two of these hinged double lightsabers, which folded in and the he, middle. And he could separate them as well to use with all four, four hands, arms, which yeah. is really gnarly. Yes. And so like, this has that feel actually, to it. The, um, uh, the Grand Inquisitor mm. from Rebels, when we see the flashback to him, as a temple guard. Yes, he has He one. has a hinged double-bladed lightsaber. Which, so. that's a, that's just cool. Yeah. You know, and maybe that's just to, to add to the motif of how it works. And so she has that going for her. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff going on in this scene that, I mean, it happens in a flash. So you kind of want to, like, pause it and kind of go over it and everything like that. But the biggest deal is, uh, you know, is this real? Is this a vision? Is this, uh, you know, is Rey really going to fall to the dark side? Is, uh, you know, is... Is she going to be, you know, Palpatine's puppet? Is she a clone? Is she just make-believe? Is this a vision? We don't know. That's what this is all about, gang. We're just trying to figure this the frick out. Yes. So, <laughs> but I don't know. Like, personally, like, I, I, maybe we should just kind of finish off with this uh, because I know we're running a bit late. Yes. And this is the last shot. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb, and if I may have to make a prediction about this, uh, my prediction is that she is a clone. Mm-hmm. And the reason I say that is because she's too still. Yes. Do you agree with that? 
<laughs> what I'm saying is, like, do you agree with the fact that, like, she's just still? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem like, like, this doesn't seem like the Ray that we have followed through the first two films, mm-hmm. to be certain. Uh, it feels like it's an entirely different character, a different personality, etc. Yeah. I mean, I think there have been some some fairly eloquent fan theories along the way that if you wanted to, if you're trying to make that through line, yeah. Um, and I used to think this was so stupid, but <laughs> the more that I see it, the more and like if you tie this into like her vision sequence at the in the cave in Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Um, that she is one of many clones, and it's like yes. it's Anakin Skywalker's attempts to create because he doesn't know obviously that Luke and Leia actually survived, um, but this is like his attempt to make a child of his and Padme's, Ooh. which is why she has that calling you know, to the that, lightsaber maybe yeah and it, she has that nabiri kind of complexion like she ah. she looks kind of like natalie portman and carrie fisher you kind of look like uh thor's girlfriend there yes yeah. <laughs> um but you know maybe she's mixed with a little bit of like anakin's dna which would obviously explain the force prowess of course um and you know explain the slight variations in her appearance yeah um and <clears throat> but somehow something went wrong or like they were all in stasis or something along those lines but then eventually they were released it would just be insane i mean it, 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 yeah we've like i said we've talked about this before and like this could be a whole episode in itself just right. dissecting this one freaking picture yeah uh but in all honesty like i said it's just there's so much to go into it and so many different theories rolling around you know if she was the conduit for palpatine to come back if she was just the you know the end game to make the perfect being using anakin's dna using his dna whatever you want to call it like mm-hmm. it's all kind of out there right but i mean like honestly we should come back to this when we get closer to the movie yeah especially when they come out with more footage right um the last We're probably not uh, that far away from that I mean, no I'm no sure no it, you know it is like football season again and so i'm sure there's going to be like a new trailer that's going to hit on Monday Night Football some random week this season. Right. Well, so to that end, all I would say is she looks natural with a two-bladed lightsaber. I think because we've gotten so used to seeing her with the staff. She should use the staff as... like I'm kind of bummed that it doesn't seem like we're going that direction. It's not going to be the Force Pike? Yeah. Yeah. Which would have been cool. Yeah. But I mean, like I'm just saying that like if she does indeed go that far and like uses a two-bladed lightsaber for whatever reason... I think it's safe to assume that she'll be well versed in how it works and everything yes. like that. Yeah. So, but yeah. hey. I mean, I guess my my only last comment is like, you know, I think it's almost obvious to be like, oh yeah, like she has this creepy thing where she sees like copies and copies of herself in the cave, right. and now we're seeing this. Like that almost feels too obvious to be a clone. But it's a, I mean, it's a punch in the nose one way or the other. Exactly. You know. I mean, like the other ramifications are like even harder to swallow yes and so again this will be something to come back to i'm sure we'll talk about it more um i just want to say thank you to everybody yes uh this has been a good long episode and never anything wrong with that uh what do you guys think about the new trailers for mandalorian and the rise of skywalker were you excited is it turning you on are you gonna be ready to go come november and december to see all this stuff uh what do you think about obi-wan what do you think about the you know the hotel and all the ridiculous stuff you get with the hotel 
uh, you know, tell us about it. Write yeah. a review, leave us comments, check us out on Facebook, Greedo Shot First Podcast, uh, as well as uh, Apple iTunes, as well as Reggie'sHousePodcast.com. Uh, while you're there, please check out Games in That Podcast, which just came back this week. You can usually find them every Tuesday, uh, Tuesday night. And I think now they started working on Twitch, is uh, their new yes. their new platform. Yeah, their, their live streaming will be held on Twitch, not on Facebook, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, but you can still get the link on Facebook if you're a fan on that page. So please yes. check them out, uh, as well as uh, check out the Rust Belt Risters. Andrew said as much. Uh, you know, season starts next week. And so you got to get back into it, man. Let's get it. Oh, let's get analytical on this. Uh, beyond all that, man, I had a great time. I'm excited to announce next week we're going to be starting our weekly podcast. Yes. Uh, and I mean, it's not so much to be excited about. It's just the sense that we're going to be starting our movie podcast or a movie like review. Our, yeah, our film-specific reviews. We're going to be weekly all the way until Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. It's going to be insane. I don't know how I'm going to keep up with it. It's going to be arduous. Yes. So let's, let's just do what we can. And above all else, I had a great time. Did you have a good time? Boring conversation anyway. I bet it was. Oh.